0: FM. this is Upgrade, episode 260. Today's show is brought to you by Linode, Pingdom, and PDF Pen from Smile. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, or I am joining, Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Jason Snell. Hi,
1: Mike Hurley. We have done this show in person, in a room together, many times now.
0: I have recorded with you in a room, in the same room one, than I've recorded with any of my co-hosts, I think. it's
1: nice. We always That's manage nice.
0: a couple of upgrades a year, I think.
1: But you have never recorded... In my
0: office. That is true. I am, I am, for once, recording in the
1: actual Snell Zone. You're definitively in the Snell Zone now. Most and definitely. Although, a little bit of trivia, you know you're not the first person to do an episode of Upgrade with me here in my office. Okay. <laughs> we had James Thompson on a couple years ago, and he was actually in my oh, office. Oh, yes, he and was. He, that was literally... He was sleeping in this room, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so we woke him up and put him on upgrade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what you can expect when you stay in the snow Zone. Yeah.
1: Our hashtag Snell Talk
0: question this week comes from Ryan, and Ryan wants to know, Jason, what is your favorite summer drink?
1: This is, uh, I, I, was, I was stumped when I saw this question, mm-hmm. but I think I'm going to answer and say, um, I don't drink a lot of iced tea, but I like iced tea in the summertime. A little sweet tea. It's a nice treat. Mm. You might put some lemon in there, squeeze a little lemon in there or something, but a sweet tea, I like that. And then um another favorite is uh the old uh as learned in England, the the old lager top. You put it, take a beer, yep. put some lemonade on it. You can do the British lemonade, which is just seven up. Or or yeah. you can have the uh American lemonade, which is a sweet, sweet lemony drink, and either one is good with uh mixed in with a beer, a light beer.
0: First time I came The first time I came to America of drinking age, American drinking age, Mm -hmm. uh, I was in a bar and I asked for a vodka and lemonade. It's very confusing to everybody, both the person, the bartender, and then to me for what I was given, which was like lemon, like some some lemon thing Uh with simple syrup in it to sweeten it. And vodka. I was very confused because what I wanted was a sprite and vodka, like a vodka sprite. Yes. That was what I wanted, but never have to ask in that
1: way in England. See, it's it's the fact that you're using words that mean they sound like other words, right? Yes, they mean that was something. The biggest problem. That if if you had ordered like a a vadi and and lem lem, <laughs> <laughs> they would have been like. Hey, speak American. And then you've been like, you could have explained yep, it. But yep. you know, lemonade, that's a thing that we all agree <laughs> on what it means, except it's if not the left. same. Yeah, Vani and Lem, Lem. <laughs> Govna. <Governor. laughs> if you would like to send in a Snow
0: Talk question, just send out a tweet with the hashtag Snow Talk and it may be included for a future episode of Upgrade. Um, one piece of follow up this week follow out, if anything, really. Relay FM Family Feud. Uh, we produced. <laughs> a pretty incredible, I think, episode of Connected, uh, which was our Relay FM fifth anniversary extravaganza. It's episode two hundred and fifty-seven of Connected, and you can you can go get it now if you want to, and I think that you should. Uh, Jason, I would like to thank you publicly for the incredible work that you did as a game show host for our big, wonderful twenty Relay FM host game show that we put on in front of a very excited live audience um that we have had the pleasure of uh, putting shows on in front of many audiences this was the audience who was the most engaged they were going wild the whole time it was fantastic uh so yeah you you, people should go and listen to this um because i think that it is a ton of fun
1: i guess i fulfilled my lifelong ambition of being a game show host you see you (laughs) were so good that
0: i thought we would maybe only do this once i do not feel that way Uh anymore I want to do it again at some point, all right.
1: we'll have to find a way to because do it again.
0: It was absolutely fantastic.
1: I'll just point out that we have a whole round of questions from the the survey. This was all driven by that survey we mentioned mm-hmm. where we uh surveyed uh turns out more than three thousand relay fm listeners yep. uh, and asked them a bunch of dumb questions and that drove the 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 game show. Mm-hmm. We have some left over, so did maybe we will one, yeah, we did spoil one, but yep. maybe we uh maybe we will find a way to work those into some other project in the next few months life finds
0: a way Mm, thank thank you questions as well one of the reasons i don't want to spend too much time doing follow-up and such today is because we have a lot of upstream stuff to talk about because (sighs) there's a lot of things going on Uh, a lot of it is disney Uh, Mm -hmm. d23 which is disney's conference the number changes every year right if I'm remembering rightly, I the 20, uh, 23, I think it was 22. I don't even know anymore. Is it twenty? Is it, does it change every year? Who knows? But the Disney put on this event every year where they share a bunch of news to a bunch of their properties. I've got this
1: breaking news. It's always called D23 because oh. uh, the company was founded in 1923. Can you imagine how big the D23 conference is going to be in 2023? it's going to be a pretty big mind one mind blowing but so there you go i just assumed that it just was iterated
0: every year but it d23 it's always d23 there is a ton of stuff uh, one of the big things that happened was which has led to multiple friends of mine i don't know if you've had this sending me a link saying that's quite a lineup There's quite people keep sending me this because they know we care about such things cuz disney created a disney plus twitter account and instagram account because they're starting the wider promotional stuff now
1: the march to november when yeah. they launch
0: and they showed off a trailer now the trailer is all stuff we already knew the trailer includes a vi- vi- the trailer includes all of the different things that we will have seen right so it includes clips of the simpsons clips of the marvel movies clips of the pixar movies all of them right sure. so there's a ton of stuff all the vault movies and what i liked that they did was they were showing like the vault n- movies like aladdin Cinderella, the Lion King and then the modern yeah. versions of all of those movies as well. So this is all kind of out there. Um but as well as this, Disney announced a ton of new content uh that we didn't know about before. Right. There's some reality content. I think uh Kristen Bell is like executive producing a reality TV show about uh people that were like in their high school or young earlier on in life they were doing like musical theater stuff and now they're coming back to it again. It's called Encore. Kind of clever. Um, There is a World According to Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, there's a full trailer for that. Um, And then there is some of the stuff in the properties that we're aware of. So Ewan McGregor is reprising his role as Obi-Wan for an original series, which I was very surprised to see all of that
1: yeah i think the story there is that they were working on an obi-wan kenobi movie and when yes. solo didn't do well at the box office they sort of like pulled the plug on those anthology movies and it sounds like what they really did behind the scenes is say look we need content for disney plus why don't we use uh stuff like this that's in development and just turn these into essentially mini series a little short series Six hours, eight hours, who knows Mm -hmm. what, but something relatively small and we can roll out. And that deal is done now. And and they say that they, I think they have a script. And as far as we can tell, this is something that emerged from the wreckage of that movie that they were thinking of doing that they decided not to but in the end yeah so there's going to be after the mandalorian you know there's also going to be this uh obi-wan series in development that Mm -hmm. they're going to shoot next year they don't have a release date but it's going to shoot next year so it may not even be a 2020 show but they're they're multiple star wars series now sort of like stacking up live action star wars series and then on the marvel side they um We already knew that they were doing a whole bunch of stuff that was based on characters from the Marvel Studios MCU movies Mm -hmm. that they were spinning into live action or animated series. But this was their first drop of three um, Marvel Universe characters that we haven't seen before Um, being done by Marvel Studios and original programs on Disney, Plus, which is She Hulk, Ms. Marvel, and Moon Knight. So we've been on the Incomparable, we've been joking about Moon Knight, which is if you don't know who Moon Knight is, he's kind of like Marvel's Batman. He's Crap Man. But he wears white <laughs> yeah. and somehow it stays clean. I don't know how that happens. And there's he's an interesting character, actually, if you dig below that. But on a top level, he is like Marvel's Batman.
0: Moon Knight is the outlier here because She Hulk and Ms. Marvel. Marvel already have movie properties that have analogs of these characters. We understand what Hulk is. We know marvel captain marvel right because ms marvel is another iteration of
1: sort of yeah captain marvel is was ms marvel yeah. and then they introduced this is going to be kamala khan who was introduced about i think five years ago yeah. uh, written by g willow wilson she's a muslim girl who lives in jersey city new jersey and she idolizes captain marvel essentially and takes up her old name as ms marvel and then she hulk is the cousin of bruce banner who gets uh, i think a a blood transfusion from her cousin and ends up with Hulk powers. Is I think the way that they did in the comics. And um, I hope that's not the way because that doesn't yeah, seem very logical. I don't know. I mean, I, we could argue that She Hulk not a great name. Yeah. In in the modern through modern eyes, yeah. uh, not maybe not the best name for it. Yeah. Um, Moon Knight as a character is actually an interesting angle too because Moon Knight is a guy with multiple personalities and and so there's a a sort of uh, like Legion, the FX series that was based on mm-hmm. X Men comics. It's also um or at least moon knight can be a discussion of um of mental illness issues which legion actually did i think a pretty good job of 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 grappling with so there's some different um different stories to tell in all of these worlds we don't know anything more than that that they've obviously just sort of been planning something with these characters and you know marvel's movie slate is so stacked up it's kind of the opposite of of Star Wars where they're pulling movies off and turning them into TV shows. Yep. With Marvel, when you look at what movies they're planning, like they don't have room for the characters and stars they already have. And so Disney Plus for them seems to be a really nice outlet where they can spin some stuff off that they want to do but is not going to, you know, make it in the in the 2020s in a movie so they might as well put it in a tv show
0: or maybe it's a way to trial out characters they think could be good for the mcu
1: would not surprise me at all if these characters showed up in movies down Mm. the road i think that they they don't want to do what they did with their last round of tv where it was a separate thing and even though they claim to be in the same universe they never crossed over i this is supposedly integrated in a better way so yep. that you could see Ms. Marvel appear in a Captain Marvel movie. When the movie. Avengers
0: assemble. Exactly. it could be
1: way She-Hulk more of them in the be. background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the app
0: itself, there's some information about that. Um, so there will be iOS and tvOS apps on day one. Uh, they're going to be supporting 4K. As a user, you will be able to have four simultaneous streams and seven profiles per user account. So... You know, this is one of those things where let's be real. You can share your login with friends, yeah. Right? And this
1: is the, Netflix charges you a lot more if you want 4K mm-hmm. and and many logins at once. So so that Disney Plus deal is even better now because the, the Disney Pro- Plus pricing covers 4K with four streams.
0: Yep. Um, there's been some some demos of the application to some outlets as well, and everyone's like, it's nice, right? Like it's clean. Um, it's not in your face like Netflix is, but that also kind of makes it feel maybe it's not vibrant as Netflix does. But there's a lot of content there and it's available to you. There are are plans to integrate with the Apple TV app. So it will be in the TV app, but will not be a channel. Right, so it'll know
1: when you go to the TV app it'll say oh you've been watching the mandalorian and you want like to watch episode 3 now no. and all of that but it's not necessarily going to be sold as a as an apple tv no, channel or sell apple them
0: themselves home. so like it's not going to be on any amazon product at all actually yeah at least not so far uh uh-huh, which is interesting mm-hmm. they've also been some launch details so <laughs> heartbreaking time for me there are no there's no date for the uk
1: no i what's shocking is that um canada And the Netherlands, which is an interesting one, and it's got to have to do with deals, with regulation and deals and and quirks of every market. But Canada, who we always joke about being so late to the party Mm -hmm. in so many of these things, it goes all of these other places. And Canada is sort of off going, we're right here. We're literally right next to you. Why? Canada is getting Disney Plus um, the same day as the US, November twelfth. And so is the Netherlands. And then Australia what, uh, and New Zealand Australia and New November. Zealand a week a week later. But we don't know anything about the UK.
0: No. I think it's a month later that November Oh no, sorry, you're right. It's a week later. Yes, yeah, a week later. But outside of that, they're like, most places have been two years, so who knows? I mean there's clearly some deal probably with Sky, which is preventing them from launching. And yeah. so it's gonna be kind of funny that after all of this, who knows when I'm gonna get to see it. I don't know if I will be able to use anybody's like, login from the U.S.
1: Like, it might not work. Like, it's, not, I don't, it's not too far to the Netherlands, just uh, getting get a rowboat.
0: But it's, it will be the question of, is it going to be geo-locked or is it just going to be account creating, like where you create the accounts, is that going right. to be locked? We just don't know what that's going to look like yet. So there might still be options for me if I want to get that content, which I do. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. we'll see. Anyway, congratulations to Canada. Yeah, good work on you, Canada. Um, there was a report coming from well, two different reports from two different places, but a lot of the information overlaps, one from Bloomberg and one from the Financial Times about Apple TV+. Plus. So the kind of where they overlap is that we're going to be seeing Apple TV+, Plus launching in November, by November. <laughs> yes. For nine ninety nine. Yeah,
1: although even that... You know, it's a Bloomberg report. Mark Gurman's got good sources, but the hedging in these stories is amazing because it's Mm -hmm. by November, which doesn't mean – and there was another story that said within the next two months, months, which is not – I mean, not November, but by November means it could be before November um and then the 999 is described as being one of as y- as mark says one of the multiple prices or launch
0: strategies being considered right
1: so that i mean it's so in flux and this is often true with rumors where people point to a bad rumor and they say oh that got they got that wrong when in fact it was right at the time and then apple changed its mind this is um even more dynamic than that where there's sort of like the general feeling may be that they're probably going to price it at 999 but this has changed none of my feelings on this. <laughs> I still think nobody will
0: be paying for it. Like, you will be able to pay for it for nine ninety nine, but I just think that the majority of people that get Apple TV Plus will get it some other way. Through through a bundle of yeah. some kind. I, I just genuinely think it'll be like, you can pay 9 but if you're an Apple Music subscriber, you will just get it. Or like, I, I think that there will be some, basically, my assumption will be that the majority of people that get Apple TV Plus will not be paying directly for Apple TV Plus. Because this is the argument around the 999 right so if we go on a little bit that the the launch slate will include the morning show amazing stories which is the steven spielberg uh anthology, anthology. right C, which is the most expensive tv show of all time with jason yeah. momoa truth be told which i do not remember off the top of my head um the documentary series home which is i think that it is that the one that's showing places in america it's famous people's homes that was it yep MTV cribs or like through the keyhole if that's the UK reference uh, and possibly some more that's not a 999 a month service um, especially as it's going to be launching around the same time as Disney
1: plus no and and no catalog to be determined no although I did hear I, I've heard from a couple of people and I think it's just a theory I don't think there are any sources this is just sort of like from people out there who are pondering what Apple could do to sweeten this for 999 I I did hear from a couple people who said, what if Apple threw in rentals? Let's
0: pause that. We have an Ask Upgrade question later on. We'll answer that exact theory. But yes, that is that, a possibility. Like, where, right? where
1: Apple was cutting into its own margins just to make this seem more valuable by saying, and you get four iTunes rentals a month or something but like I that. Still,
0: I still think that that doesn't make it a service that people are going to uh, pay nine ninety nine a month for. Yeah,
1: it's it's a hard it's a hard thing. That's why and, I think um, it's one of multiple prices slash launch strategies being considered to quote and Mark And <laughs> the argument of
0: why would they do this for services revenue if nobody's going to pay for it. You've got to understand that like no one's going to pay for it one way or another. Right. And it's a so long it's a, it's long, a long, game. long game. They're
1: going to build up their library. They're going to do what Disney is also going to do cuz 6.99 isn't going to stay there. They they will slowly crank it up. Yep. So one way to view it is g- essentially give it piggyback it on other stuff now when you're starting out and become indispensable. Yes, you be- you get it to a point where
0: so, like, services revenue is growing anyway. You can also say, oh, and we now have X amount of millions of subscribers to Apple TV+. Plus. And then over time, just, just the balance starts to shift. And people sign up for X bundle because of Apple TV+, Plus, not because of Apple Arcade or whatever. That's how I still envision this going. Because Apple, a lot of the time, we know this, right, they can be blind to pricing you've got to assume that they're not right now because their revenue situation is changing in many mm-hmm. ways. And two, they know this isn't a good deal at nine ninety nine a month. Like, they're not oblivious. This is not a good deal. Now, I'm sure that there will be a free trial period where they'll hope that they will be able to convince people based on the content. But even if the content's really good in a free trial period, you can knock all their content out in three days. Yeah. Right. Like even if they do start rolling out, which we I still think that they will do, especially if it's a free trial period, it won't be everything all at once. They might like dull some out week by week. But yeah, we we will have a lot more to say about this. But personally, I don't think that this, this doesn't change. This report doesn't change how I feel the pricing is going to go initially.
1: Yeah. And it is a shaky report. I don't doubt that there are. You know these thoughts are happening inside Apple, but they don't even have the confidence to say this is what it will be. It's sort of like oh, by then maybe for this, and we don't really know. But I agree with yeah. you. It's it's. I wouldn't put it past Apple to just come out and say flatly, "It's nine ninety nine, and this is what you get." But then it would be in one of these categories of Apple misjudging. I think, because I think it'll be a kind yeah. of a disaster for them. If they do
0: it, they've made a mistake. And, and I would like to believe that they're paying more attention than this. Because you're seeing daily, I mean, people aren't going to do it, but you're seeing like the rhetoric right now. I'm going to cancel my Netflix subscription when Disney Plus launches. I understand what people are saying when they say that. It's like, I only want so many streaming services in my life and, and Disney Plus looks like a great deal. But they don't. the, the content isn't the same. Right, like if you enjoy Netflix TV shows, you're not going to get those on Disney Plus. So, like canceling right. your Netflix, you will be losing something. And if you're happy to lose something because all you want is a streaming service in your life, then yeah, Disney Plus on paper could be a better deal. But but nine ninety nine a month for maybe six TV shows, and there's maybe two of them you actually will care about. Yeah, that ain't harder it. to say. Ain't it? Alright, today's episode is brought to you in part by our friends over at Smile, and I want to talk to you a little bit about PDF Pen. It is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs on the Mac. You can add headers and footers and watermarks to your documents. You can forget fiddly PDF editing with their easy precision edit tool, and you can even OCR documents all with PDF Pen. PDF Pen 11 is out now and includes several new features, inclu- including automatic de-skew which is independent of OCR which is really cool so you can like line up a document correctly. You can customize your page number locations. There are now new legal and medical dictionaries for OCRing, which is great if that's the type of documents that you're using. A Continuity camera support for scanning documents with your iPhone. So when you're on your Mac, you can use the camera on your iPhone to scan a document that might be on your desk. And PDF Pen Pro 11 uh, can also edit multiple form fields at the very same time. And all of that and so much more with PDF Pen 11. You can learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro right now Smile slash podcast. I am a big fan of this uh, product suite and it's also on iOS as well. Um, whilst I've been traveling the last couple of weeks, I have been signing all the contracts and documents that I need to in PDF Pen on my iPhone. It's so, so easy to use. So go to Smile slash podcast right now and check it out. Our thanks to PDF Pen and Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, talking of uh, Bloomberg and Mark Gurman, there was a big report wrapping up. A bunch of stuff uh, about the 2019 uh, product releases. Some stuff we already knew. Some there's new details about, but I thought would be worthwhile going through um, to just kind of maybe tie up some loose ends. Because, again, it's like I say, we we know a lot of this stuff, or we've heard a lot of this stuff. But as is usual, we, we look to Mark Gurman and Bloomberg these days as a way to, especially just before an, an, an event is like just on the horizon or maybe just a couple of weeks away, as a way to be like, all right, this is what we're going to be expecting now then. Let's, let's weed out the things one way or another as we're leading up to the event. And so there are iPhone details, iPad details, which I wasn't expecting, and some Mac stuff as well. So the 2019 iPhones... Uh, three new phones. You know, we were talking about this last week. What the naming's will be, and and uh, Mark is saying Pro for the two higher end models. No details about the naming for the 10R successor. Um, I know that you just wrote a big thing about that on Tom's Guide as well.
1: Right, right. Um, the idea of uh, maybe the 10R is the 11, and the 10S successors are mm-hmm. the 11 Pro.
0: And I feel like if if they, you know, if if it is going to be pro, and that's going to be it. Because if you've got two phones called the pro, then what's the not pro? Well, it's the regular one, and then that the regular phone is now the 10R, and that's going to be an interesting thing to unpack. Because the, this report from Mark Gurman is very heavy um, on details for what the quote unquote high end phones are going to have in them, right? But so if you reimagine the 11 right basically the only things that i could weed out from this report is a faster processor the addition of a second camera, second camera yeah. and boosted ar capabilities from some additional sensors on the camera module that's not big i mean and if you're saying this is the iphone 11 so this is where the line begins there's even less there cuz if we're comparing like let's imagine right you're going from 10s
1: to 11 right right
0: the iPhone XS to the iPhone 11 will have a faster processor and maybe different colors.
1: Right, because the camera will be. Although the argument there is that they can say our base model iPhone 11 has real portrait mode, two cameras, which is which the 10R doesn't have. Well, sure, but and I mean, is, like and, you... it's, and it and let's us say the iPhone starts at 749, which is useful for Apple. It's not what the iPhone used to start at, but and they it's may not say 999. A bigger screen. And it has the bigger screen. It has which, a worse screen, but you don't have to talk about that. You don't have to talk about that. And a bigger screen, you know, for... Definitely not for everyone, but I think what the phone market has showed us is that the bigger screen is a net positive. Yes. People like big screens. Yeah. Not everybody, but like the market likes big screens. They're mm-hmm. They're more popular. It is a little weird that if you want a smaller screen, you have to spend more money, but that's where we are.
0: Yeah, that isn't how everybody's doing it now, but that is how... Apple will be doing it for the time being. For the
1: time being, until there's a iPhone 11 mini mini,
0: mini. <laughs> shuffle. <laughs> uh the two pro models replace the 10s and the 10s max, so we'll go with 11 Pro and
1: I'm hopeful for 11 Pro with sizes mm. just like the ipad and macbooks let hope so I mean, where you just yeah, there's no 11 pro max mm-hmm. or anything like that there's just the whatever the the screen diagonals are for those two and that's it mm-hmm. we just call them that the Which big one and the little one that would be yeah, the big big
0: one little one yeah. or like little buddy will be they'll be rounded in the way that they are but uh new camera system third lens for ultra wide photography excellent that's what i wanted i wanted an ultra wide camera um, I think they look great on the Android phones that have
1: them. I want to have that ability. Um, and it sounds like they're doing software, which is not surprising for Apple at all, that they're going to do some software to kind of intelligently, sort of like with the two cameras now, where as you zoom, it's flipping from one camera to mm-hmm. the other and you don't see, that they're going to be able to do this intelligent sort of capturing on all the cameras. And you, it, w- the suggestion that Mark Gurman makes is that if you didn't get somebody in the frame it's actually got that wide angle shot behind it and you can essentially kind of like crop beyond the edges of your frame in order to get the other people. That was a thing
0: from a while ago and and there was a a report, it was either from Mark Garman or from 9to5Mac, I, I forget which one, said that like that data will be saved on device for just a period of time. And then it's removed.
1: Right. So you're not you're not taking three pictures every time you do this, but you've got some small period of time where you look at that selfie or you look at that that group shot and you go, Oh, I missed this thing off yeah. the edge, and you can actually sort of like crop it. I actually back. think that's
0: not even a space thing. It is a privacy thing. Hmm.
1: So, like, you've taken a photo which you've framed. You know what the frame is, right? No, you're right. You're right. But and then, then there's stuff outside the frame that you assume is not captured. Oh, you may be not wanting specifically yes, right.
0: to be captured, right? So, like, keeping that
1: there the whole time. <laughs> when you're time, in your evidence dungeon, <laughs> exactly. you don't want <laughs> no. the incriminating evidence the that's off to the side. in the corner. You don't want that one in, no. the,
0: in the frame. No. Um, and I don't want to read some quotes because this is some additional stuff which I think is interesting. So the new system will also take higher resolution pictures rivaling some traditional cameras and photos taken in very low light environments will improve that's too. That's night mode. It is night mode. That's that's what that is. It is incredibly, incredibly important that Apple shows off significantly improved low light photography because this is the one
1: area that they are getting destroyed on. Absolutely. My My Google Pixel 1... Destroys the iPhone mm-hmm. in low light. Mm-hmm. So,
0: this would be a situation, I guess, where they're using all three lenses and some software in the hopes that they can have at least comparable yeah. shots to some of the other uh, camera systems. And this is one that was new to me, significantly upgraded video recording capabilities. Um, getting them also closer to professional video cameras. What
1: does that mean?
0: I don't know. Apple has developed a feature that allows users to retouch, apply effects, alter colors, reframe, and crop video as it is being recorded live on the device. I don't know what all of that would look like <laughs> they put and why clips you would be doing that. inside the camera that. app? What is... I mean, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> what it is. But, you know, when I see both of those things from a software perspective, all right, this is how they demo. This is the demo. Sure right? You know, like, oh, here, watch us. Oh, look, let's take a picture of Tim. Oh, Tim's arms cut out. Ah, oh, Tim's arms back. Right. And then there's, you know, like a whole thing where the, someone's doing a skateboarding video and it's like, oh, and then we're putting a bunch of filters on the video and you can see how it affects and never get, you know, like, I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know either. That, that's, um, I mean, it's, it sounds like something very similar to what we see in the camera app where you have, the ability to zoom in and out and maybe they maybe they've built a bunch of moves for video that smooth all of that out so that you you know you zoom out and you apply a color effect or whatever and it all just sort of continues Mm -hmm. smoothly instead of uh, being abrupt yep uh, so it seems more professional i don't know
0: yeah there's some of that stuff like cropping i get it reframing fine but like People want, like do people want effects and colors in line in the video? That's been we'll find out. I we'll guess find so. Out reverse wireless charging which is a phrase that i love is like your phone powers your home via no. <laughs> uh, this is like charging your airpods charging yeah. that kind of stuff with the phone which is a great thing it's fine.
1: it's fine you, you see the what is it samsung ads that mm-hmm. show that and where there's like somebody whose battery is almost dead mm-hmm. and there's a a nice person they don't know who's there who taps that and you know the truth is that for that phone to recharge would take forever yeah this is good for portable devices
0: not for phones like you know you would charge your watch or your airpods yeah yeah in a a pinch you could charge your airpods off of your phone battery that's that's okay some of the colorways for at least the pro models i couldn't work out whether this also meant the 11 but i expect so uh will have matte finishes rather than glossy finishes
1: give people the option somebody sent out a uh, link the other day to the six-color Apple logo and said, so, six six iPhones in six colors. And I thought, oh, that, that would be really pretty. I would like that,
0: but I don't see that happening no. because I think that at least the Pro phones will have what is considered to be more traditional Pro-looking colors or so like high-end colors, which are gold, silver, gray. And I don't expect that to change. I would like to see color, but I just don't see it yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. Multi-angle Face ID sensor. Now, I think this is the iPad's Face ID mm. sensor because it references a wider field of view so it could be flat on the desk, which the iPad can do and the way that the iPhone cannot. And multi-angle, I'd also expect landscape. So really, I expect whatever they've done for the iPad to come to the iPhone. Right. So
1: that will be better. Now that's a big feature. That In some ways, that could be the single... Biggest improvement in usability on this device, if and you would it,
0: notice it every single day.
1: Yeah, if you if it unlocks faster and it unlocks on your desk when you're you know close enough to flip up with your finger, but not close enough to be directly over, hovering over the the uh, the camera, mm-hmm. and have it know that it's you and unlock. That's good. That's really good. Better water resistance. It's not really a feature people <sighs> ask for, but it's great yeah. to have it. So for me, it's all about Apple's policy. Because Apple has gone, so this story says, oh, now it's going to be rated for more than 30 minutes or whatever it is. But we know people, multiple people, who have had their phone die because it was in water. And the truth is that Apple talks about water and dust resistance, but Apple's warranty does not cover water damage. So they, they make all these claims about water resistance, but only the Apple Watch is actually covered to be hmm submerged the rest of it you know this is the story about how serenity caldwell a couple of years ago uh jumped in the pool with her uh then boyfriend now husband's um uh, iphone to take some pictures in a swimming pool and she killed it and when she took it to apple they're like yeah there's water damage it's not covered so when i look at better water resistance i keep thinking well this is great apple but when is the water resistance in the iphone going to be strong enough that you'll back it with a warranty because until then, I, I consider it irrelevant. It's basically splash resistance. And and what, what they're really saying is, don't submerge your phone on purpose. But if you drop your phone in the toilet and it stays functional, then great. Which I would like them to say, no, if you submerge your iPhone, it's fine. They, I want that com- confidence because I think they mislead people into thinking that it's okay when it's not. Yeah,
0: Apple never... Like some companies, they never demo their water resistance. They don't make
1: advertising out of their. No, you're water not resistance. supposed to. You're and not I supposed to do why. it. Other than the Apple Watch,
0: because Samsung, uh, they they demo their water resistance in advertising. I guess the Apple Watch is nothing they can do. If you if you create swimming workout types. You were encouraging yeah. it. Yeah.
1: No, it's it's built to be in the water, and it's that's like you're fine. Supposed to put your Apple Watch on the side and just shout every time you do a lap. <laughs> and like I, when I went to Hawaii, I got my iPhone XS wet, mm-hmm. and it was fine. But I also was aware that if it wasn't fine, it was going to be my fault. If I want to
0: listen to podcasts in the shower, which I do, yeah, the phone comes into the shower cubicle with me. Yes. I got over that and that's what I yeah. do now.
1: And and there's a difference between getting water on and being immersed in, right? Uh-huh. Cuz the immersion, there's pressure on all sides, it's going to find whatever pathway it can into your hardware unless it's truly um, you know, waterproof, but uh in the shower just getting splashed on it's is less of a of an issue, but yep. still if they found water damage, they would they'd blame me. So what I'm what I'm saying is I hope that as we take this path toward better water resistance in iPhones that at some point Apple will have the confidence to say Yes, you can put your iPhone in water now and it's okay.
0: No 3D Touch. Here we are. I need to wait. And see. This is one where it's like I'm operating a wait-and-see approach to how I feel about this. Because I am a fan of 3D Touch. But if haptic touch gets to the point where like I don't need 3D Touch and I don't care about 3D Touch, I want the functionality, not the, not the actual use
1: do you think they've done anything to haptic touch that they didn't put in the 10R? I mean the 10R is sort of like fake 3D touch but only for some things. Well the iPad has
0: all this stuff now, right? So you can long press on a link and it mm-hmm. pops up a little menu and you get a preview and you you know like so as long as all of the functionality is replaced by haptic touch which wasn't the case with 10R then great. I have yet to put um I haven't put Uh, 13 on an iPhone. Okay. So I don't know what it looks like. But what I do know is that on my iPad I now have all of the functionality that I would want, really. So, more so, in fact. Like, I like that you get the little full preview now, which is not a thing that you got with 3D Touch. So as long as I get what I want with the iPhone... And
1: it's kind of what I asked for, you know, way back when, which is um, 3D Touch, especially since it's not on all devices, how do you find a common gesture? And the answer is obviously tap and hold is the answer there now i'm going to channel my inner john gruber here and point out that the difference is that you don't have to hold for a 3d touch you just push and it's instant and the problem with tap and hold is you have to wait and that slows you down and it's not great but the problem is i think that the 3d touch the impression i get is that 3d touch on phones was expensive Because it limited their design reach because of how they had to do it with the pressure sensors and they couldn't bring it to other iOS devices. Mm -hmm. So they got in this position where they then have to generate um, equivalents for the iPad. And at that point, what are we doing here? Right.
0: I didn't know. I never tried it before, but you can do peek and pop on messages on iPad now. I'd never thought to try it until now because I could never do it before, so I never even thought so that it was touch a possibility. You just touch and hold in the message
1: list, and a yeah. little message window so pops up. That seems like the jig is up for for three D touch.
0: And the same as on iPhone, which continues to be my top tip: you can press and hold on a message, and you can read the message, but it doesn't show the message as red in mm. red receipts. There is the Mike Hardy
1: top tip again, and now it applies to the iPad as well. Nice. You know, I have a I have a Magic Trackpad 2 here, which has Force Touch, and I never use it. It's just, I, I, I guess what we've learned is that, um, is that that's not a feature that's discoverable enough for it to be something that you can rely on. Yeah,
0: I think, really, I think that the Force Touch, 3D Touch, Haptic Touch, whatever... I think it only really makes sense to people when they're directly manipulating the screen. I think it doesn't work on the, on it with a mouse pointer. I don't think that that on a trackpad when you're the the, the kind of disconnect. I don't think that it works out for most people. Yeah. So yeah, that's the iPhone, uh, the 2019 Apple Watch new cases. So we we knew about this already, right? Like titanium and uh, ceramic, right? Um, and a focus on software. No other big changes.
1: Yeah. After our conversation last week, I wrote a whole Macworld column about this. And, you know, there may be an Apple Watch Series 5. I'll be interested to see what they say about it and if it's anything particularly notable. There may not be. There may be, in fact, even... Somebody suggested this to me on Twitter, and I wouldn't put it past Apple, to do a stealth update where the series four gets is slightly different, <laughs> but they just don't brand it as series five because there's no evidence in any rumors or reporting or anything that there's enough of a hardware difference for them to actually call this Apple watch series five, but they did register some new models on the, like the Russian EEC trade bureau thing thing that they do like so i i'm kind of fascinated that we're this close to an apple event and the status of the apple watch is still a mystery but um but my macro column just followed up on what we were talking about last week which is there's so much to be gained in their um in their software development and in making independent watch apps and making it better for developers to develop better watch apps that like that that's where they really need to push with the apple watch if they took six months or a year off from a new piece of hardware and just vary the materials like they vary the watch bands i think they'd be okay i I, they can and maybe will do a series 5 watch but they don't have to that's it's interesting for them to be in that position
0: new processes and camera upgrades for the ipad pro yeah, yeah and pro- and
1: probably not in September, right? Presumably, I, I would coming before the end of the year. Yeah, presumably, because this wasn't just about this event. So, I I would imagine that some of these other things are going to be either not an event or that there will be an October event. But um, I'm I don't know, moderately surprised that there's a hardware update to the iPad Pro a year later. But if they are boasting about how great that processor is, this gets they get to push the processor forward here. And the cameras, yeah. Uh,
0: And a new 10.2-inch low-end iPad. So this is the regular iPad will become 10.2 inches. I don't know how that's going to look. I don't know if it will have a home button or it probably won't have Face ID for sure, I would assume. You'd
1: think, but they would do the bezel reduction thing. I don't know. It's fascinating to see how they – because they already – we have the iPad Air back. And now they're going to do a change to the low-end iPad?
0: I don't know. It's it's weird. It's weird. But this will, as Mark pointed out in his article, uh, after a decade, there will no longer be a nine point seven inch screen.
1: Yeah, on the iPad. It's a big moment if it if it comes to place so that the uh, that the original if- iPad size is gone. Like it's completely unknown what that
0: is. It might be an old iPad design. It might be a brand new iPad design. We don't know. But Knows. Those are two things I wasn't necessarily expecting this year to be honest oh i definitely wasn't expecting any changes to the ipad pro this year i mean i think i've told people that we told people that as much in in ask upgrade segments but if you have bought an ipad i wouldn't worry no it
1: it will be you know it's got the next processor in it mm -hmm. and i doubt it will have much you know if it has two
0: cameras on the back great the the processor as well it's like there's so much headroom on these devices as it is right now i wouldn't be concerned 2019 Mac lineup. So Mac Pro and Pro Display XDR still on track for this year. Good to know. I don't think that there was any argument on that, but but good to know. And uh, Gurman does not mention any other desktop Macs. So I'm as I mentioned last week. I was gonna. I am when I get home. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be getting my iMac Pro. Yeah. Uh, now that I feel vindicated in that. Um, and uh, we're going to be looking at potentially seeing the 16-inch MacBook Pro as hoped for. Yes, long, year.
1: long rumored, and there was that confusing set of rumors where it sounded like, "Is it this year? Is it next year?" And German says, "No, that's this year. That 16-inch yep. MacBook Pro." So I can envision an October event. Who knows where it will be? <laughs> where in the world is the October Apple event uh, with the uh, that what we did last year in Brooklyn, which is iPad Pro and uh, new Mac, yeah, hardware with the iPad. And pro, maybe that's the official Mac Pro, the ten point two inch
0: iPad, sixteen inch MacBook Pro, and the Mac Pro now available. That's an October event.
1: Sounds like that to me.
0: Because September will also include Apple Arcade, yeah, Apple TV Plus, yeah, some other software stuff probably. Recap of iOS, recap of iPad OS. Yeah, and they'll pitch that lot. as
1: the as the Pro event come yeah. October. I think that's probably the most likely. Yeah.
0: And also, I mean, there is the whole question which could throw all sorts of stuff. Like, when is the software coming out? Because it might not. It might not be when we expect. I
1: yeah. I mean, the betas for me, while usable, still feel shockingly mm-hmm. not ready to ship. And they're still churning them out, though. They are. I mean, I like that that they're they're working Two on them, weeks but weeks away for for ios 13 to be you know maybe more like three or four weeks away i just i don't know i don't know if i were apple i would just uncouple this stuff from the hardware ship and and ship it later but we'll see what they do it, it just feels like but the stuff to, just, but like what about the whole third camera right Right. What if the third camera is a phone
0: with three cameras on it, but I can only use two of them? Like they have to find a way to make it work. Yeah. Maybe they can, and as we spoke about before, they should always have the backup plan of the new hardware can somehow work in the old software.
1: Remember when the portrait mode came out and it was in beta? Uh huh. It wouldn't surprise me if that's what they do as their backup. Their fallback plan is iOS twelve something. And on those particular phone models, there's a beta mode that is essentially like a beta version Mm -hmm. of the camera app from iOS 13. And you're stuck with that for a month Mm -hmm. until iOS 13 ships.
0: It wouldn't bother me as long as I can use the features that are in my new fancy $1,000 phone. Yes, indeed. Because it would, and, and I can't imagine that Apple would do it any other way. I cannot imagine them saying like, "All right, buy the phone in September and then sometime in October." You can use your, lens you can work. use your
1: third camera. Yeah, probably not.
0: Um, and there were some other products mentioned. I'm not sure if these are 2019 or not, but cheaper HomePod with two tweeters instead of what, seven. Seven. Yeah. Great. Great. Cheaper Smaller, HomePod. Smaller, I would expect yeah. two. Then go
1: for it. Smaller, cheaper, better. Price more likely to sell them. I think. Oh, interesting.
0: Why not have it in the back garden? Hmm. If it's smaller, I don't know why you'd want to necessarily, but we'll say. um, And water resistant AirPods with noise cancellation. Still in the works. Still in the works. Where are those head pods, Jason? I don't know. That's what I want. I'm I'm intrigued for an Apple branded version, some Pro headphones. I I would be interested to see what they look like. Uh, and this is mostly just because I want to buy some yeah. some nice wireless headphones, yeah. but I'm refusing to do it for as long as this rumor is potentially still around. I think that's probably smart because I don't. Yeah, I'm not necessarily that interested in what's available from from above But uh, the noise cancellation in AirPods. I'm really intrigued to see what that would look like. I think there are some Sony in air things right now that have noise cancellation. Yeah. Which people seem excited about?
1: Yeah, because most mostly, if you're sticking something in your ears, the cancellation and not over your ears, the cancellation is not the thing. It's it's reduction. You're blocking the outside mm-hmm. sound from coming into your ears. Mm-hmm. So with this, it sounds like they're still trying to. You got to have a microphone, which they already do. So that right, but a microphone good enough to detect those mm-hmm. things and then do some inversion and have it sound good.
0: Yeah, could be. If my memory serves, the AirPods are doing something already with that. Right, where they're listening when you're on a phone call, the microphones are picking up. Oh noise right, right, to reduce the noise. Reduce the noise. Sure. And I know that it's a big jump from that to noise cancellation, but you know, they, there's stuff already happening in those. They're so. working on it. So that's kind of where we are. I mean, my hope is we're drafting next week, but
1: I hope so. We'll we'll have to hear this week to know whether that draft is happening next week. But I hope it out. is. All right, today's episode is brought to you by our friends over
0: at Pingdom. Pingdom are the company who make website performance monitoring really easy. Everybody loves a fast website, and Pingdom are helping to keep your favorite websites online. Companies like Netflix, Amazon, Spotify, BuzzFeed, FM, even, these are just a small selection of companies who trust Pingdom to take care of their website monitoring. Websites can get very complicated these days, but you can monitor any site transaction with Pingdom. Stuff like user registrations, logins, maybe you have checkout functionality. No matter what it is you want to be monitored on your website, Pingdom can take care of it for you to make sure that your visitors have the smoothest site experience possible. And if any problems happen, you will be the first to know. It is super easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is the URL that you want to monitor, and they take care of the rest. That's it. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code UPGRADE at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So as I am sitting here right now with... My my colleague and co-host Mr. Jason Snell, with the time being as it is, which is late August, early September of 2019, we are both celebrating five years of a bunch of things. It's true. So it's true. So we had Relay FM's five year anniversary, but it's also coming up in like two weeks. Yeah, the five year anniversary of Six Colors and Upgrade. Uh huh. Your self employment. Yes. I'm five years self-employed in about two months' time.
1: Uh-huh. It's
0: a big time for us.
1: Yeah, I wanted to talk about it, and I wanted to do it before... Because the thing is, my... This is the
0: last time we may get to talk about this before everything starts to go wild for yeah, the next couple of months.
1: My yeah. Six Colors anniversary was the day the iPhone shipped. <laughs> That's when I started the site, because I had an iPhone review. Yeah. And... um. The but that you know was also
0: the, the first day of upgrade too.
1: Yeah, exactly the same day. And then the um, the IDG layoffs were all literally the day after that event, that September event when they introduced the Apple Watch but didn't ship it, and then the new iPhones. So it's all it's all five years ago. And so I wanted to talk about it now because we are going to be very very busy with you know the stuff from Apple, whatever it is, in the next couple of months. It's kind of our busiest time of year in a lot of ways, this rolling into the holidays with new Apple Mm -hmm. products thing. So, you know, I I thought you have done, there's a great episode of Analog where you and Casey talk about this. Uh, There is uh, a great episode of Connected where you and Steven did the Relay Q&A for the fifth anniversary. And you talk about a lot of the aspects of the the business. But I did want, I've been thinking about this because it's been five years for me coming up too and five years for us doing this show Mm -hmm. and uh, they're all together and five years for relay and it's all kind of connected and so i thought it was worth at least uh mentioning that I, i have had as a part of this process and thinking about the relay fifth anniversary it gave me some realization about um i don't know how to describe it about what we do and the fact that i never expected it to be temporary at all, but there's some hedging you do when you're starting out doing something new of like, well, we'll see how this goes. And then what ends up happening, I've found, is that sometimes you, you hedge and, well, we'll see how this goes. And then you turn around and five years have passed and you haven't actually gone off of some of those assumptions of, yeah. I, I did this temporarily. <laughs> and, and, and so yeah. w- you and I are sitting here across a desk this is my new desk that I just bought. Jason's been very excited about this new
0: desk. It's I a it. very nice new desk, but but it was it's been funny because he been talking about it to me over the last
1: week. But the realization of it really was, and this is why I'm kind of excited more than it's not just a desk. It's that the other desk that's off to Mike's left because I got I got desks everywhere in this office right now. Um, that was bought in November of 2013 for me to set up my home office, which was also a little bit of a hedge about me going out on my own. Cause I was unhappy with my job and I was thinking of quitting. And even though I didn't for another almost year, um, I was, I was getting ready and also mm-hmm. just trying to create a workspace for myself in my house. Cause I didn't have a home office. I was using a laptop on a, you know, on the bed or on a couch. And so I bought that, that desk, this little desk, um, as a hedge as a temporary thing and you turn around and it's been five and a half years since I've been using that desk. And, and uh, Lauren and I had this conversation about how a lot of my assumptions about my workspace. And I think probably beyond that too, but the workspace is a great example I made in 2013, 2014 as temporary decisions to let's, let's see how it goes. Yeah. And then you turn around and realize, Oh, I've been using kind of a lousy desk for five years. Uh, this this show's no sign of ending. Ending right? I should probably actually have a a better workspace than I do. But it, it's just it made me laugh because it was a time when you know none of us really had uh, were sure about what we were going to be doing. And and then you turn around and then five years have passed.
0: You saying November twenty thirteen was just a funny thing to me because I remember. Because that was around. I mean, I don't remember exactly when it was, but there was that ool that we were at together, which was the first time me and you had ever sat down together, and it was probably around that. That was time probably of time yeah October November. Because was that, that was when we had a breakfast, and we you were talking about your desire to go out on your own, yeah. And I was talking about my desire to go out on my own, and we were both encouraging each other at that mm-hmm. over that breakfast to. To do it, and it was just kind of like a funny thing to think about, as we were both clearly very much going through all of that then, and then to see where we are now, six years later, it's kind of it's just like a funny thought. But I agree with you. Like, I, 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 I am a little bit more um, reflective in this way. Like, I think about this stuff frequently, but there are still a bunch of things, and, and as I'm thinking about what I want to do next year. I'm thinking about getting some time back because I've had some work changes in the last year. I've got some different things that I want to be able to put my time into that weren't options for me even six months ago. And I want to see where they could take me now. Um, and I think that it's really important to be able to challenge those assumptions. But like talking about like desk stuff, my office that I've been in for two years, it needs to be completely ripped out and started again because I had a very different idea of what i wanted to be doing in that space to what i'm actually doing in it now right like i had a couch in it and a playstation now there's no couch no playstation but my office is still built around this idea of i'll play video games in there but i don't i play them in the front room on the hdr tv rather than this 25 30 inch or whatever tv i have that i've had for a while like so like things change um but i did want to ask you though about that irrespective of your wonderful desk. Um, it's right here. It can hear beautiful. you. It's right here. It's very nice desk. Uh, people want to know the desk, by the way. So you should tell them. The desk. Okay. All right. It's the wire cutter desk, right? It's
1: the wire cutter desk. It's right on the side. It's written there. You can actually read the name. Uplift desk. It's the Uplift desk. Okay. I didn't get the bamboo. It's the Uplift V2. Okay. I didn't get the bamboo top, which is the standard. I actually got the reclaimed Douglas fir. It's that's an old piece of wood. It's great. Looks great. Love it but are you where you thought you would be um no okay no not at all and it's funny one of the things that took a while and you can listen to those first 49 episodes of free agents to hear me talk about it in detail with david sparks but i spent the first couple of years and i don't know about you um every day was like a how's it going is this still working? What's my runway? You know, how much time do I give myself to do this? Am I worried about this? And what I found is that it took a couple of years for that to fade into the background where it just sort of, not that it isn't still there and not that you don't have to be paying attention and not that there are difficult situations you have to deal with, but that you integrate it into yourself. It's like, it's a part, this is part of who I am is that I do this. And and for the first year or two, I was like, I had to process it every day that this was what I was doing and I don't have to do that now. So in one way, it's very different. In terms of where we thought we would be, like for me, I didn't count on the podcasting being as big a part of my overall business and salary as it's turned out to be. And that's good because I did count on blogging basically in six colors being a much larger part of my finances than it's turned out to be because and this is a little insider baseball here but i sold a weekly sponsorship on six colors for the first year and a half or so that i did it and since then i could probably count the number of weeks i've sold on my two hands like the the blog sponsorship thing and you know john gruber who is still wildly successful at this even he has open weeks and has to drum up sponsorships and he does it and he still makes good money from daring fireball i assume but um even the best case scenario i would say daring fireball is that has signs of a struggle and for me and I remember talking to Jim Dalrymple from The Loop about this at a WWC a couple of years ago, um, and he, he experienced some similar things. It's like, For me, if I had been relying on advertising on a blog to pay my bills, I would not be independent anymore because that all yep. pretty much stopped about two years in. But it was okay. I was relying on like six different things to pay my bills. And while the blog stuff went down, podcast stuff went up. And so it all worked out. I think there's actually
0: a direct correlation between the two things. Probably so. No, I, I think it's... I,
1: I occasionally get emails from people asking me if they can buy an ad on next week's episode of sixcolors.com. I'll be like, I don't think... Do, what, <laughs> the do you form, want a blog? The form fill template is not do completely you wanna, worked out at
0: that point. What do you want? Uh, I, I think that a lot of that advertising has moved to podcasts. I think so.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think they're unrelated, and being in both has been a good was a good move from the start. Right? Yeah,
0: you were lucky that you wanted to be in podcasting as much as you wanted to be in writing, because otherwise, we may oh, yeah. not be having this conversation. If, if I right hated now.
1: podcasting and only did it because it was there and it was an opportunity, and I and what I really had to do was write and only write, this would be. Uh, I wouldn't like my job. Right now, because my job is more podcasting than I ever anticipated it being. It's not that it isn't writing. I still am writing and I'm writing less than I thought I would be. But that's, I think, a natural function of the fact that, um, that it's, the balance is different. And in fact, the great thing is uh, it took me, I want to say more than a year to do membership on Six Colors, Mm -hmm. to do direct support. And I felt really embarrassed about even asking, um, And then of course, technically to set it up, it took like four hours. (laughs) So I spent a year worrying about it, year plus, and then it took four hours to make it happen. It it, it took no time. Technically, it was all just about the worrying and asking people for money, which I I didn't want to do. But the fact is, that's how I make money on Six Colors now is, you know, 90 some percent of what I do for Six Colors is because of the support of the you know, people who are supporting six colors as members. Although there's a podcast component. We do one of the things we do there as a podcast, but like, I'm very grateful and I'm, I'm sure Dan Moran is very grateful because he gets a piece of this too. Like that's, that's keeping us afloat on that side. So the business, my point is just that the businesses continue to change, but I am fortunate to have got enough different stuff going on that it's all worked. So my, my, the components of my job are very different than I would have expected five years ago, but it, In the biggest sense, yes, it is what I had hoped, but not in the details. Do you have
0: any identity crises related to that?
1: I used to. um, I used to cite the fact that uh, talking to John Gruber one time, and he pointed out that he doesn't know what to think of himself as because he was making more money from podcasts than from writing. Does that mean I'm a podcaster and not a writer? And I went through that, too, a couple years ago, where I realized there was a year where I wasn't making more money from podcasting than writing, but it was close and the writing was on the wall. The next year, I would be more of a podcaster than a writer in terms of, of revenue. And it it was a good six months of kind of head-scratching. But and, and if somebody asks me what I do, it's a little complicated, but... In the end, it, it, they're not that different. They're they're different aspects of the same thing, I think, of what I what I do. So I'm kind of okay with it. But it it I do talk to people from my old career, and that leads to some interesting things where they are kind of confused about what I do now because I'm writing, you know, a weekly column for MacWorld and all that. But then, and you're doing this podcasting stuff, and my response is is often the podcasting stuff is more than half of I'm my doing this income stuff <laughs> yeah and and from their perspective yeah. knowing me and coming from that background it's a real head scratcher for yeah. them by
0: essence of my two careers being so intrinsically linked i kind of can't have a misbalance so like i can't be more of my i, I can't have more of my money being made as a podcast host one month that much more than being a person who sells podcast advertising because they all kind of go they they, they, together. they go together and of course like I do make money from shows that I'm not on but it tends to be that they fall within a, a, a small variance of each other of where we what, you know what's making more money the ads that I've sold or the shows that I'm on right because well, I don't the cut is smaller like there's like a whole thing right but It is interesting to me how I do think of myself as a podcaster disproportionately more than I do as a person who sells podcast ads, but the cut of the money is much closer. It's much more balanced than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just like a thing that will probably always be there for me. uh, But frankly, these days, I, I do actually do less work related to that than I ever have done the sales part. Because I have a sales manager who who does a lot of that for me now, but it's still a huge part of my life. And but more, I think of running the company being part of running the machine as opposed to just selling the ads is kind of where I fall now. But none of that is none of that is not what I thought it was going to be anyway. So like really, what I'm trying to say is like the, the the struggles that you went through were not things that happened to me. So I didn't spend a ton of time working out if it was going to work because I knew, because I looked at the spreadsheets.
1: Right, and you were putting all of your um, effort into this thing, which was Relay FM, mm-hmm. which is for me that was a piece of a larger, yeah, selection of things that I had to put together. It's like, a little bit, different.
0: understandably, like because the podcasting it was always been from the beginning like good for both of us right Mm -hmm. like the stuff that you were doing of us there was money and the money's continued but you never were involved and are not right like you don't know if I've sold all the way to the end of the year I do I mean you can always ask me right but like I know, sure. It's like, there's no debating on it. Right? Yeah, unless
1: like, it's in our little web tool that shows yeah. me what ads have been sold. I don't know,
0: but I know where I am. I know what the trends are for my own business because I am more directly linked to it, and I'm then going out to have to fix it otherwise. Yep. Which is just a difference in the way that that. I mean, I don't. Of all the people that we work with, I don't think that there are many more people that are as closely tied to the numbers as I am because I am the numbers generation machine yes really. so like, it's, my point is just like it's always been different for me it's like i've known if it's not working it hasn't been a like a oh i wonder if it's not going to work mm-hmm. like i know so like there's just a difference for me plus the reason that i started my self-employment journey was different to yours yours was more out of circumstance for the like you had a decision to make that mm-hmm. was kind of put upon you where mine was like oh this is going much better than i thought it was going right. to. It's like our starting positions were different. I was able to quit probably a year sooner than I thought I was going to be able to. Right. Like, and that was borne out by like how long it then was until Stephen was comfortable. Because then it was like, all right, this looks good and I'm feeling comfortable now. Where for me, it was like, I know this is fine right now and I might as well just give it a go before
1: and then really like put my all into it. So one of the funny things about this, and I, I know we told this story before, but just to touch on it briefly because it's it's a fun thing, is Upgrade is not one of the original relay launch shows. No. But it's as close as it you could possibly well get because I knew I would be leaving and I wanted to do a podcast. One of the things that we didn't do at IDG was like I didn't build a podcast around myself at IDG. We had the Macro podcast, Chris Breen hosted it, and I and I felt like I didn't feel like any of us who were getting paid full-time to work at IDG should go off on the side and then start their own side business talking about the same stuff that they were talking Mm -hmm. about. And, uh, you know, maybe that was the wrong decision. It did lead to Lex Friedman doing that podcast, Unprofessional, where he specifically didn't talk about tech because it would get him fired, uh, which is funny. but. When I left, I realized that, you know, yes, I absolutely have wanted to do this for a long time. And so I contacted you and Steven because you guys had just were in the process of going out on your own. And so I would say by the time, I don't know if it was when Relay launched or within like a week of Relay launching, we were talking about doing upgrade. But it had to wait until, as it turns out, that moment when the week after I left IDG where the iPhone was released and you were on vacation. Uh,
0: I'm trying to find the email now. I'm searching in my emails. (laughs) Like, I know it's in here somewhere,
1: but it was... I may not have a copy of that. It depends. I probably do, because I probably sent it from home and not from work.
0: Like, I know it was very early. I mean, this is maybe a little macabre, I don't know, but... My... Tomorrow is the five year... It's five years since my granddad died. And the email that I got from you telling me about all of this was when I was at my granddad's wake. So like, I know it's like a, a close, I mean, that was just a very strange afternoon for many reasons. It's like, here's a bunch uh-huh. of things happening to you, but like, it was very, very soon. I mean, we had a couple of weeks, we were planning for a good few weeks, but like, as we've, as has been shown by like the last couple of weeks, Relay FM is like five years and a week old at this point. Right. So like it was within like two weeks of the company existing that you got in contact which was wild like that, that is just a wild thing that happened to us but you're right it was essentially still a launch show and clockwise at that point because that became within a month they were our seven shows where it was five before then
1: yeah and, and we we brought those in thanks yep. to that idg nameless idg executive who said go on take clockwise it's still ticking I'm pretty sure all those executives are gone, long gone from IDG, mm-hmm. and Clockwise, that clock clock is still ticking.
0: It is still ticking. Amazing. It's still a very successful show for us, which we're very happy about. We love Clockwise.
1: Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Five years. Kind of hard to believe. And yet, also, it feels, I think one of the big things is it feels natural now, that this is what we do. Yes,
0: yeah, this is who we are.
1: And on Mondays, we do upgrades.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and have done every week for nearly five years. Yeah. Go us! Yay! This is the the upgrade five year celebration. Yes, we probably won't even mark it because it's going to happen at like just the wrong time. There's
1: so. no no game show uh, game show component, no. which is good. Thank you, Upgradians. I guess I should also say yeah for uh, for being here, uh, whether you've been here all, all five years or or uh, are a recent convert. Thank yeah, you. We set for this at
0: two hundred, and it still stays the same. Like upgrades trajectory over those five years has been incredible, and it's you know it's both it's a very large outlet for us both now and that is because of our wonderful upgradings yeah
1: absolutely it is it is and i will say about this podcast it is not we follow the trends and we figure out what we want to talk about so it's not necessarily exactly the content that we would have expected in episode 1 but and we've grown and progressed and and learned a lot of things and and i think it's a better show because of it but this is what I wanted to do. This was definitely, this is what I wanted to do as one of the pieces of starting my own Mm -hmm. independent career was I wanted to have that podcast that we could do every week that people listen to and that we talked about the issues of the week. And that was, uh, you know, one of the, not to belabor this terrible metaphor, but like You know, the the stool with the three legs, that kind of thing. It's like one of the legs of the stool. Like, you got to have that podcast that's your, like the talk show, like Mm -hmm. ATP. I I want to have that. And that's Upgrade. And it is exactly, again, not in the details, but in what it does, it's, uh, I would say it's even more than I could have hoped for five years ago. So thank you.
0: And I still, still am very honored that you chose me to be your podcasting co-host. So thank you.
1: I have no direct recollection of why I chose you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't other matter. than that
1: we had been we had done some podcasts together, and I thought it was good and I liked the i it was i like how we got on on those podcasts that we that we just did kind of as random people mm-hmm. who didn't know each other um I thought that the the connection was good, mm-hmm. and I liked the work that you did yeah. on on the prompt, yeah. especially um but i I actually don't remember. Like the thought process of like Mike's the guy, uh, I I wish I did remember that part of it, and I don't. But I I can put those two things together mm-hmm. that we had had some good interactions on Inquisitive or Command Space, I guess at the time, and that I, I and that I liked uh, listening to the prompt as I was power sliding through uh, <laughs> Infinite Loop, yeah.
0: All right, we need to do some hashtag Ask Upgrade questions. Good uh, idea. This because this office gets quite warm.
1: Yeah, well, I like, we didn't want didn't birds. Know that. Yeah. It, it, in the this is why we podcast in the morning here, yeah, Mike. And I'm not dressed for summer today.
0: Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. You get everything running in just seconds with your own choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location as well. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, and they're all looked after by their incredible. 24 7 support team if you ever run into any issues you can drop them an email give them a call or just chat over irc in the Linux community if that's easier whatever suits you best they want to make sure that if you need any help you can get it in the exact way that you need and they also have super useful guides and support documentation as well so if you ever want to look anything up you can they have a wonderful management tool their management panel um, it's over at cloud.linode.com. There's a there's a really fun stuff always running there that they're doing new betas and stuff like that. Their new management console is a single page application build and it uses the cutting their cutting edge React JS stack and it's backed entirely by Linode's public API and it's open source as well. Plus Linode offer two factor authentication to keep you and all of your data safe and secure. Linode has pricing options available to suit everyone. They have plans starting with 1GB of RAM for just $5 a month and they offer high memory plans starting with 16GB of RAM more. Linode have a special offer for listeners of this show. Just go to Lino.com upgrade and use the promo code UPGRADE2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the 1GB of RAM plan, that is 4 free months of service and they have a 7 day money back guarantee as well so you have nothing to lose. Give Linode a try today. That is Lino.com upgrade and the Promo code upgrade twenty nineteen to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that twenty dollar credit. Our thanks to Leonard for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. It is time for some hashtag Ask Upgrade questions. My first one comes from Catherine, with the iPhone eight shipping before the iPhone ten in twenty seventeen, and the iPhone ten S shipping before the ten R in twenty eighteen. Which will ship first this year, the eleven or the eleven
1: Pro? Hmm.
0: I think they'll ship at the same time. I think... And this is going to be the first time in years, right, that they'll all ship at the same time.
1: Yeah, on September 20th. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Because that would be the expectation. I mean, because the...
1: I think that, well, the 10 ship later because they were struggling to make it. it yeah, seemed. these are both not new models, right? Yeah. The The reason, if if the, the common pattern in Catherine's two examples is there was a model that was basically an iteration of an existing model, and then there was a brand new model. And this year, as far as we can tell, they're both iterations on existing models, so they should be able to drop them at the same time.
0: But I did want to include this question because that's a fun little tidbit.
1: Yeah. I like that. It's a little logic problem, too. Mm-hmm. It's like A can be released with B, but it can't sit next to C. So then who does C go to lunch yeah. with? Who's in, the tr- who's in the trunk? Who's uh, in the backseat? I don't know.
0: Andrea says, uh, on a recent episode, Jason mentioned a transcription service that he uses. I'm, ex- I'm assuming this is for the
1: conference calls from the quarterly earnings. Must be. Which is it? It is called Trint, T-R-I-N-T. I hate that name. It is a terrible name. Trint. Trent, he's your like friend. They're good dogs, Trent. Trent
0: transcription. But uh, this is, how would you write Trent? Like, uh, does it do
1: a good job? Yes. So what's great about it is uh, there are a lot of services and there are a lot of engines that will take audio files and turn them into text. That it's this it's this uh, speech-to-text transcription service. And those vary in quality. And they keep getting better. And I have even noticed just using Trent the last couple of years, okay. Trent that um, it's, it keeps getting better. But the best thing about it is they built this web app around it. That's a text editor where um, you can click at any point in the transcript and hear the audio from that part. And as it goes, it highlights the words. So I'm able to play the audio of the call while reading the transcript and editing it to be correct um, very easily. That used to be really hard because you had to, I had like a file in iTunes and I was playing it and pausing it and backing it up and all of that. And then, you know, text in a text editor. And that Trent editor, uh, Trent? Trent. Present is, uh, is good because it puts it all together. And it's the best one I've seen.
0: So this is, you're doing this after the conference call?
1: I'm doing it during. I actually said audio How hijack. I said audio hijack to split a new MP3 every seven minutes. And I will upload seven minutes and then... I will transcribe that while the next seven minutes is recording. And then when I'm done with mine, I will upload the next MP3 and uh, and so I go like that. So
0: are listening to the call live?
1: I'm not. I'm listening to the call while I'm transcribing it.
0: So everything's seven minutes behind
1: when Well, you're it becomes about 25, 30 minutes behind by the time I get to the end. But yeah. So
0: when you're tweeting... I'm not
1: tweeting. Dan Morin is tweeting. <laughs> right. Yes. Dan is listening live and tweeting things. I am not listening live, but I'm transcribing behind... A little bit.
0: Everyone that I know that does anything to do with the Apple quarterly earnings thing, I just feel so sorry for them. Because everybody's quarterly earnings situation seems to be horrible. If you're doing any type of reporting or anything, whether you're creating charts and... I don't know all i have to do is i I got my i got my
1: apple script for charts and i got trent to do the transcripts and my job is
0: so much easier now than it used to be because i got these tools to do this stuff i don't remember ever i publicly thanked you for the charts yet because you changed them i did change my charts to have absolute values and the four quarter rolling average together because i could never understand the rolling (laughs) average and I needed the numbers yep. and couldn't get them.
1: Now you've now you got them. I the bars gone. are the absolute. Uh, don't thank me. Thank Dr. Drang. I, I'll thank the Dr. Drang, Dr. Too. Drang was my, he's he's my Yoda of charts.
0: Because <laughs> I still, I mean, I know the the four quarter rolling average is useful to some people, but I just don't know why anyone needs it.
1: I like it because it, it smooths out that winter quarter being enormous so that you can see trends more easily. But you're right, mm. it's not the real number,
0: but i I can still see trends looking year over year.
1: There are still trends okay. the trends are still there well you're
0: I, I, you're more advanced than is, some year over year is more important than the yeah. year itself, sure, I
1: think that's but, why um, I have that other chart that is just the year over mm-hmm. year percentage change, which is kind of a nice chart.
0: Um, but as a, you did never had all of the charts anyway, anyway all the great charts. Now, now they're all there.
1: Summer of fun.
0: Ben says, this is probably a result. This is a, a follow up from last episode. Uh, Every time somebody brings up the iMac with spinning drive and says that Apple are doing it for cost, I think SATA SSDs are cheap drop in replacements for hard disks. Apple does it to make the base level purposely bad. It's not a cost thing. What do you think of that? Are there any other reasons for it? Yeah,
1: I went back and forth with Ben on Twitter about this a little bit. I think, um, I think it's a mistake to look at uh, to make assumptions about things like unit price. I am sure that for a comparable amount of storage um just in what I was looking like a hard drive is at least like half the cost of an SSD. So, I think do I think that Apple is purposely making the base model iMac bad? I don't because I think the what's really happening here is that they know a lot of people buy the base model that they're they are just able to afford the base model and they are making it cheaper by putting cheaper components in it they are able to make it cheaper and you know part of that is their insistence on a certain profit margin but i i, I think it's a mistake because you've got to you've got to think what are apple supply parts or supply costs what are those costs what are their standards in terms of reliability um, What is their feeling about what the basic amount of storage that an iMac should have? They probably know how people use these iMacs and they realize that for the people who are using an iMac, they are putting photos and videos on there, which means they need more storage and the SSD is not going to satisfy them. They have all that data. So um, I don't think Apple's making their iMac purposefully bad. I think that they are trying to provide a balance of functionality, including like having space on your iMac hard drive for media with price and i i get it that said i feel like it is the the few model i think there's one model left that doesn't even have fusion drive where it's just the slow 5400 rpm hard drive like i it, this is just like all of our complaints back in the day about st- base storage on an iPhone Um, Or about the five gigs of free iCloud that Apple's base is lower than they think it is. And it's kind of crappy and it's sort of beneath their, what they should consider acceptable for a customer. So, I mean, that's kind of my answer to to Ben is that um, they're not, SATAs or SSDs are not cheap. They're not cheaper drop-in replacements for hard drives. They do have cost. It's more than a hard drive, especially per gigabyte. And and if you if you're gonna say, oh well, just drop in a 256 SSD instead of a terabyte spinning disk, it's like. But Apple knows that those users are going to be unsatisfied with 256 of internal storage. So and and just saying, oh well, you can attach an external USB. A lot of people don't do that. So I I think Apple's decisions about the iMac are more complex mm. and. That, uh, but that said, I think that it's still a mistake that what I think their level of base is still a little too low. I, I get why they might not want to go all SSD right now, yeah. but the fusion drive is not great, but at least that's something in terms of making the, uh you know, the basic Mac experience better. Because the fact is that Apple has spent the last, what, five years kind of optimizing everything they do for SSD. And what that means is that the iMac experience is even worse than it was, because now Apple sort of expects you to have an SSD and that they still sell these computers that don't have them.
0: Uh, Laurie, this is we mentioned this earlier, uh, they ask, what's your take on the idea that Apple TV Plus will somehow offer access to some sort or some subset of the iTunes movie rental catalog? I haven't seen this mentioned anywhere, but barring the inevitable licensing issues it seems like the only way they can justify ten dollars a month,
1: yeah, we talked about it um it's a it's a fun idea, but um, I keep coming back to the contracts, which is I'm sure right there's a wholesale price for mm-hmm. a re- every rental that they're that they're paying to the studio um and they've got a contract somewhere. Even if contractually they could just basically buy rentals, they're presumably going to pay the wholesale price for that. That's a lot
0: of money. It's not going to happen for that reason.
1: And I will bet you that their contract doesn't let them do this. Mm -hmm. I will bet you that there's something in there about furnishing these via a subscription model or something like that that precludes them from doing this. And even if it doesn't, I think it would probably anger their partners if they did this because they, their partners with this content have streaming deals with prices and windows of release for streaming. So if Apple tried to hack the system by doing this, I think they would anger their partners. Um, plus, they couldn't afford it. <laughs> plus... Um, there's probably legal language against it. So I like it as an idea. I think it would be great to say you get four free rentals when you sign up for Apple TV Plus, but I, I just really doubt that it's feasible. And
0: Daniel asks, Jason, how often do you use the health features of the Apple Watch, such as the ECG? And how much value do you think that the health features actually add to the watch as a selling point?
1: I don't use the ECG very often at all um i used it sort of as a novelty when they rolled it out but i do use the fitness tracking all the time i close my rings and every time i take the dog for a walk i uh start a new activity and uh, a new workout i absolutely do all of those things so those almost every day i would say i think
0: it's interesting as well to see different people's perspectives on it. Like because Daniel's saying that you add how do much as it add as a selling point. I think the health features are the selling point now. I think everything else is additive.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm I'm definitely in the middle where the health and wellness features are balanced with the kind of convenience of having my you know weather and getting a push notification and going for a. I mean, although that's kind of a health feature, going being able to go for a walk or a run with my AirPods and podcasts without bringing my phone with me is actually a it's nice a health, thing, it's a health thing. But it is kind of related to that. Because
0: really, I think that for most, people, for most people, if they're not doing the health stuff, the watch is a nice to have. Like it's adding some benefit, but it's not massively different right. than your phone, which had all of that information and has all that information True. on it but the phone cannot give you with health uh, benefits that the watch can. It just can't do it, right? Like it can't do all of the tracking of your exercises in the same way. It doesn't do your heart rate. It doesn't do any of that. Um, And so that's what the watch being a device that is physically connected to your body can give you. Outside of that, you could, your your phone can do can do all of it yeah. and does a better job of many of those things than uh-huh. the Apple Watch can as well. Like I think the Apple Watch is first and foremost a health and activity device and then also is a connectivity device. Yeah. I where think that's when fair. they initially launched it they had those the other way around and it didn't work out. And, and ten they, other things that yeah. it was also not. And when they flipped that around and <laughs> made it health and activity focused first, which is also what Apple's entire message is now and then also it is a, also it's this other great thing, which is also even better if you're doing health and activity stuff at the same time, because an Apple Watch is never the best device to send a text message or listen to a podcast or make a phone call. It's never the best device for those, but it's really useful for those things if you're also working out at the same time. Right. So
1: that's kind of where I think it is. And how have has a user using relics from the past treated you?
0: That is the other part of Daniel's question, and I'm perfectly happy with my with my non Apple Watch life. I like real watches; they they're more attractive to me. I get what I want out of a watch most, which is being able to see the time whenever I want to look at the time. Like, don't move your wrist. Can you see the time?
1: Yeah, it's uh, two forty. Uh, it's on my like, it's on my Mac you menu it, bar.
0: look, right, but look, I can see the time by just glancing down. That's what I want, right? Yeah. And I don't want the connectivity stuff and the health. I guess I don't know. It's just not my thing in, at the moment. That's fine. That's fine. And, and then
1: our that. friend Stephen Hackett, you know, he puts the watch on for workouts. Mm-hmm. He's it's basically a Fitbit for him.
0: And I have done that, but then stopped doing that yeah. because then my watch was never charged, and I didn't want to leave it on the right. charger for like weeks, like or you know, like days yeah. or like whatever.
1: But the irony of it is that a lot of people I know have gotten into mechanical watches because of the apple watch yeah that they were like oh apple watch i'll wear a watch and then sort of like "Hmm, wearing a watch is good mm-hmm. how about a mechanical watch and then they're, uh, off they go they're into the <laughs> goodbye the, the wild blue yonder of the uh, mechanical watch world so everybody can listen to that episode of atp where marco did his data oh, dump about about uh mm-hmm. about watches Looking i have i have looks. a hand-me-down we, we were talking about this because of the context. So my, I have a big wedding anniversary coming up. There's a question of like what to get for the wedding anniversary. You know, was it a, maybe a pen, maybe a mechanical watch? Oh, these are things Mike likes. Um, and I have more pens, nice pens than I've ever had in my life. And in terms of the watches, not only do I wear my Apple watch every day, but I also have my dad's uh, Rolex that he bought in the 60s in Switzerland. And that's nice uh, for special occasions like hosting a game show. And so I'm sort of, I'm, I'm happy. I've got a nice, fancy mechanical watch and I've got my Apple Watch and I'm, I'm good.
0: Thank you to everybody that sent in Ask Upgrade questions. You can always send in questions for us to end the show with the hashtag Ask AskUpgrade um, and you can always op- help us open the show with the hashtag SnellTalk. If you want to find our show notes online, you can go to relay.fm slash upgrade slash um, 260 or you can check in your podcast app of choice and the link should be there too. Hopefully, maybe, possibly next week we will be drafting, but you're going to have to wait and see about that one. We just don't know we yet. We don't we'll, know. We'll find out. We'll find out. And then maybe in a couple of weeks it's iPhone event time. But this could be the end of the summer of fun.
1: Summer of fun.
0: It maybe. It's getting a little quieter. Is it going to go yet? Nobody knows. If you want to find Jason online, sixcoddles.com, theincomparable.com. Jason is the host of many shows here at Relay FM, as I am. Relay.fm slash shows for those. Uh, Jason is at j Snell, J S N E L L. I am at iMike, I M Y K E. Thanks to our sponsors this week, the fine folk over at Pingdom, Linode, and Smile. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell.
1: Goodbye, Jason Snell. Hey. Okay. High five.